bringing you key insights, tips, and advice from the brightest minds in the Canadian franchise industry. This is the Franchise Canada Chats Podcast. Welcome to the Franchise Canada Chats Podcast, where we take you into the world of franchising. Our interviews are with franchisees, franchisors, and industry leaders who give on-the-pulse expert advice and share their franchising insights and experiences. I'm your host, Lauren. This is the second of three episodes in season 2.5, which is our special bonus season as we prepare for the launch of season three this fall. In this episode, we feature Eric Throwanger, founder of Thinkgrate. Eric draws from his experiences as a U.S. Marine, executive business leader, sales professional, and entrepreneur to help organizations achieve new levels of success. In this episode, Eric helps listeners discover the leadership strategies and techniques necessary to inspire, motivate, and influence their teams and coworkers during this difficult time of economic uncertainty. With an emphasis on creating an empowering culture, listeners will learn strategies to raise expectations, understand techniques to unify culture, discover new ways to communicate dynamically, and more. This episode was adapted from Eric's original presentation in late April as part of the Canadian Franchise Association's Navigating Towards Recovery webinar series. Enjoy the episode. I believe right now there is no greater time to step up as leaders than through this chaos. And leadership is the foundation for all of us. And I've been listening to a lot of people speak about the importance of leadership. Maybe you have too, maybe some podcasts or webinars. And what I hear is a lot of hype and rah-rah, not that I'm opposed to all that, but not a lot of solutions. And it's more theories about leadership and the importance of it. And I'm going to tell you right now, you deserve more than that, and so do your people. And so today, I've got a very short period of time with you. But I'm going to share some strategies for enhancing our role as leaders, increasing engagement in our teams, and how to consistently share great messages you know, during bad times. You know, how do we perform as a leader? Because I believe that times like these are when leaders are needed the most. This is the time when we need to raise our leadership bar. And I think leadership is challenging enough during the good times. But right now, I know it can feel chaotic. It can almost feel like, like we're going through a cloud of fog. And, and we're not sure what direction to go in. It's tough to see. It's tough to guide our people. But, but I'm, I'm going to say this. It, it's not impossible. And it's not impossible to do that if you make a commitment to raising your leadership bar. And so when we look at the news, we're inundated with bad news about COVID-19 on the radio, on TV, uh, social media, and, and really what it's created is a lot of uncertainty and fear and stress, and, and maybe you've experienced that for yourself or with your teams, but it's an interesting perspective that people have on what's going on right now. In fact, Time Magazine just featured a story, and they had an interesting perspective on the whole coronavirus. And they said the coronavirus outbreak has become the world's largest work from home experiment. And, and what I believe they were saying with that is most organizations were ready for remote workers, but coronavirus really tested if we were prepared or not. But I like to think that this is a bigger experiment than just working at home. What I like to think is this is a business survival experiment. 
it's a communication experiment, a team building experiment, maybe even a team retention experiment. It's an experiment on culture, on sales, on engagement. It's a planning experiment. It's a vision experiment. All of these things, it's an experiment. However, I believe that the biggest experiment is a leadership experiment that's happening right now. This is the biggest test that we are facing. And every single person on this call has to make a decision because it's, 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 it's not an option, it's a choice. We are either gonna pass this experiment or we are gonna fail it. The big question for us as leaders is how do we wanna come out on the other side? How do we want our teams to come out, our businesses to come out on the other side? We need to lead our way through chaos. We cannot try and manage our way through chaos. And so there is no greater time for us to raise our leadership bars than right now. Now, sometimes we may feel we're like, you know, survival mode, but we should be in thrival mode. There are new opportunities out there for the right leaders guiding their teams. I know it's easier said than done, but when we look at great leaders, if I were just to ask you this question, who do you think is a great leader? You know, ask yourself, who comes to mind? And, and more than likely, you will name some of these people. It's Gandhi or Martin Luther King or Margaret Thatcher or Winston Churchill or whoever you think of as a great leader. Now, I know that individually, we're not all trying to make an impact on the world like they did, but there's some things that they did. There's a way that they handled their challenges. And I think we would all agree that every single person that you're looking at right now face challenges. And what I want to share with you are three distinct things that they did. Because there is no doubt that we are facing a challenge right now. I'm facing it. You're facing it. Every one of us is facing it. The question is how we're going to handle it. And perhaps we can borrow from some of the great leaders and look at what they did and emulate them. Now, what I found that they have in common were three things. Number one, they went into their challenges. They didn't run away from it. If you're on this call today, congratulations. You're going into the challenge. We're doing it together. These leaders also stayed true to their vision when they went into the challenge. They continued to share vision, which means they had an outlook for the future. So important, leaders. We have to believe that this will end, and it will. Yes, there will be a new norm, but the light at the end of the tunnel is there, and we've got to prepare our teams. We've got to go into the challenge. We have to stay true to our vision. But this is the thing that I think they, they really did at the highest level. Each of them fostered a lifestyle of leadership. People wanted to follow them. People who weren't even on payroll wanted to follow them. They made zero dollars for following them, and they followed them every step of the way through the worst challenges ever. We can do those exact same things. We don't even have to strive to do it on a global level. We can do it internally in our own businesses. We can go into the challenge. We can stay true to our vision and we can foster a lifestyle of leadership. We all have the ability to do that. You see, right now, every leader is being defined, not by COVID-19, but how we handle it. And I always say there's two types of leaders out there, two types of leadership blades, if you will. 
The first one is the leadership butter knife. How many of you have a butter knife at home? Or maybe a collection of them, all stored in drawers, right? Butter knives are good for one thing, they spread things around. There's a lot of leaders right now just spreading things around. They may have a position of leadership, but they don't understand the purpose. They accomplish very little. They're very much a leadership butter knife. Hey, if you've ever lost a butter knife, how many of you ever lost, uh, lost any sleep over losing a butter knife? I've never lost any sleep over it. They're a dime a dozen. I just get a new one. But then there's another type of blade that's different. It's designed to get the job done right the first time. This blade is sharp. It's the katana sword. And so there's leadership butter knives and there's leadership katanas. And the katana is forged differently. In order to achieve the level of the katana, that metal has to be put into the fire. It goes into the heat. And then it comes out. And it gets pounded and pounded and pounded. And it goes back into the heat and pounded and pounded and pounded and forged and transformed. You see, without the fire, you're left with a butter knife. Right now, COVID-19 has provided a unique opportunity for me, for everyone on this call. The fire is ready for us. Are we prepared to go into it? Because this is where the forging happens. At some point, this will be over. COVID-19 will be over. And I will party like it's 1999, to quote Prince, when it's over. But while it is here, leaders, we have an opportunity to go into it. And as we are forging and becoming better leaders, we have something to do. We have to take a look at our leadership bar. Now, you may be asking yourself, do I have one? Yes, we all have one. Every one of us has a leadership bar. You may be asking yourself, how do I know it's a leadership bar? It says it right on it. How do you know it's yours? It has your name on it. Every single person on this call has their own leadership bar. Your team knows you have a leadership bar. Every person looks to see what we do with it. Now, there, we have a lot of options with this bar. In fact, you can set it down and do nothing with it and merely ignore it. Leaders can hit people with it. You ever seen that? Leaders on a power trip? Or leaders can swipe the legs out from underneath their team members, maybe take credit for things that their team members did. They can undermine those people. The worst thing a leader could do would be to lower it. That creates unnecessary conflict. How many of you know what we are supposed to do with this? It, it's not to lower it. Not to lower it. That's the worst thing. What do you think the number one thing Help is that we are supposed to do with the bar? If you said In this episode, up, Eric helps you are 100% correct. Now, just remember that leadership bar is not the length of your two hands. It is longer than that because it's designed for you and your team to grab a hold of it and slowly start to raise it. Because I want to ask you this question. Can your organization be greater? during COVID-19, can it be greater afterward? This is the question we have to ask ourselves, our people, everyone around us. We need to ask this question, can we be greater? And we start to incrementally raise that leadership bar up to that level. I know it's not easy to do, but this is the fire. This is when we need it most. This is when leaders need to rise up and raise that bar. So you may be asking, how did I learn about leadership? Well, I'm gonna tell you a little bit about my background. 
my leadership journey actually started August 24th, 1987, when I stepped off of the bus at the recruiting depot in San Diego, California. And I began on that day, I began the onboarding program for the Marine Corps. You probably have an onboarding program when you hire new people. Theirs is called boot camp. In fact, I saw the movie Full Metal Jacket in the theater three weeks before I went in boot camp. Unfortunately, I think my drill instructor saw it too and said, we need to raise the bar, but that's another story. And so here's what's interesting. We were 18 years old. We were called every bad name in the book. We were punched. We were kicked. We were choked out. Everything that you can imagine happening. We were trained with our rifles, trained with our gas masks, trained to repel. We ran everywhere. And then something miraculous happened. They started to build each of us up as leaders. They started to develop us as leaders because they know that by planting leadership seeds in us, it would better prepare us for when they put us in chaos. You see, the military, military is all over the world. They prepare their people to go into chaos. The business sector, we prepare our people to avoid it. So when we're in it, we're almost at a loss. But you don't have to be at a loss anymore because the big beacon of positivity, the guiding light through chaos is leadership. It's you. Now, I didn't even know what job I was going to have until I graduated boot camp, about two days beforehand. And they said, I'm going to be a 7311. Didn't even know what it was. That was the code, 7311. I found out that it was going to, I was going to be an air traffic controller. And I worked in that control tower at the Marine Corps Air Station in Yuma, Arizona. Uh, many of you have probably flown in the past and will probably fly in the new norm. We'll be on planes. And I want you to ask yourself one question. Just think about this. How do you feel knowing 18-year-olds are controlling traffic? It's crazy. Who in their right mind puts an 18-year-old up in the control tower? Well, you can put them up there if they're not just trained at their job, but if they're developed to think and act like leaders. You see, I worked up in that tower. I wasn't ordered to be up there. I was inspired to be up there. My leaders believed in me. Now, this brings up a really, really good point. This is why development is so important. And you probably train your people. And so I like this symbol, the yin and yang, the Chinese symbol of, of balance, but it's, it's, Opposites are required for balance. And so what I've done is I've taken this very famous iconic um, image and I've transformed it for Think Great for our clients. And I like to say that the opposites that I'm talking about are training and development. You see, you can train your people at their jobs, but the development for them to think and act like leaders will help them to do their jobs better. And right now it's paramount. People who think and act like leaders make it through this storm. They navigate the chaos better than anybody else. I am not worried about this chaos. It will pass. I am 100% certain it will pass. Like every other chaos that we've gone through, just like the Great Recession, when that hit, I was running a media company. We still grew 300% even during the Great Recession. Why? It wasn't just the training. It was the development of our people. Now, many of you would probably agree there's a difference between managing and leading, and I agree with you. And that difference for me, in a nutshell, is we want to manage the work. We want to manage budgets and shift schedules and projects and jobs, but we want to lead people, engage them, empower them, communicate dynamically to them. You know what the best part about leadership is? It can go home with you. You can be a better leader in the workplace, on the home front, and in your communities. And, and you can test it out right now. If any of you are married tonight, manage your spouse. And let me know how that goes. <laughs> but you can be a better leader on the home front. 
And I've actually had that experience. When I got out of the Marine Corps in 91, I went to film school. And during film school at the University of Southern California, I met the girl of my dreams, Gina. And, and within 10 months of us being married, she was diagnosed with cancer. So chaos hit. Many, many of you may know people who have had cancer. It's a very chaotic time. And overnight, I became a caregiver. And I was trained as a caregiver. I was trained to administer her medications. I was trained to give her shots in the leg to boost her immune system. I was trained to clean the uh, exit, exit wound from her Hickman line that stuck out of her chest, a tube that stuck out of her chest so they could administer chemotherapy. I had to clean the exit wound and flush it with saline every night. I was trained. But then her oncologist did something amazing, and I like to feel that he developed me. And he asked me this question. He says, will you do something to help her fight back? And I said, I'll do anything I can. And he said, then keep her positive and keep her spirits high. And this is what I said. I said, I got this. You see, it doesn't matter if it's cancer. It doesn't matter if it's the Great Recession. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if it's called COVID-19. We need to keep our people positive and keep their spirits high. Oh, I know what you're thinking. Easier said than done. And you're right. And so during this time period, after she had been diagnosed and going through her treatments, I tried to keep her positive and keep her spirits high. A lot harder than I thought. And it wasn't until about 11 months in that I decided to pull a goal from the back burner and talk about goals. You see, when we were newlyweds, we had set some goals like most married couples. We had the goal of buying a house. We had the goal of having kids. We had the goal of saving money, traveling the world, all these great goals. Isn't it ironic that when chaos hits, we stop focusing on goals? When chaos hit, we stopped focusing on goals. And Gina underwent seven cycles of chemotherapy that did not work. She underwent a, a, a month of radiation that did not work. And finally, at the end of all this, they said, we're going to send you to the City of Hope, a huge cancer research facility in Duarte, California. And when we went there, the oncologist, the new one, said, we're going to prescribe one more form of chemotherapy. If it shrinks the cancer a fraction of an inch, we'll admit you and we'll attempt a stem cell transplant to save your life. And I looked at Gene. I said, hey, that sounds great. That's what we need. And then he said this, if that doesn't work, you won't be here the same time next year. Those are his exact words. He had all these words he could have chosen to say during her chaos. And that was what he said. You see, leaders, our communication right now is critically important. Now, fortunately, the chemotherapy worked, and they admitted her to this sterile room where she stayed for 30 But it was during this time period when things weren't looking good that I pulled a goal from the back burner, and I said, when you're not sick anymore, let's go look for that house. Not if you're not sick, but when. Leaders, we need to be confident about our belief in the future. Now, this woman who could barely get out of bed, she was 92 pounds, give or take at that point, not doing well, sat up and told me all about the house. And I could see that spark in her eye, and I realized this is what the oncologist meant. During the chaos, I could find the hope in goal setting. Now, I knew there was a difference between setting a goal and accomplishing it, especially when the deck is stacked against you. But I believed. And it took us a few years, but we got the house. She had gone into remission from this cancer. They had also told her, you'll never have children. We now have a 13-year-old daughter. After that cancer, she was diagnosed with basal cell cancer, then breast cancer, and then melanoma. In 2016, 
she passed away of cardiac arrest right in front of my daughter and I while I was doing CPR on her until the first responders got there. They hit her three times with the defibrillator, finally got her back, a, a pulse. She was in a coma for a week, came out of it, and has made a full recovery, minus a, a defibrillator in her chest to monitor her heart rhythm. So, so I'll tell you that I faced chaos, and I went into it. I went into the challenge. I stayed true to my vision, and I fostered a lifestyle of leadership, even on the home front. But I also led a media company through the Great Recession and did the same thing. Today is no different. Today, the fire just looks a little different, but it is hot and ready to forge us if we are open for it, if we do not run away. You know, it's interesting in the, in the military, when I was in the Marines, they would put obstacles in front of us, obstacles, obstacles, obstacles. So many, they actually had a course called the obstacle course. Here's what I've learned about obstacles or challenges or coronavirus, no matter what you call it, any obstacle will make you greater if you go over it but not if you run from it. We have to go into the challenge and allow us to be forged and, and some things to think about. So you say, okay, well, how do we do all this? Well, for starters, you can control two things all the time. You can control your thoughts and your actions. When I was in the media company, I went back into the film industry. After I left and went in sales to take care of my wife, went back in the film industry, became the vice president of a media company. And in 2008, I wrote two words on a napkin, think great. And we began to teach people how to control their thoughts and their actions how to think great no matter what circumstances they face. It's very important because when I work with leaders, we have a lot of challenges. When we lead people, some of the most common challenges are poor communication or team morale, lack of initiative, failed delegation, subpar results. Hey, these are the challenges we face without COVID-19. But now we have COVID-19, so we have a whole new level of challenge that we deal with. This is when we're needed the most, leaders. And, and it's very important that we understand people. If we're gonna lead people, we have to understand them. For starters, during most um, normal times, what they have found is that the leadership challenges we face, 85% of them are caused by our people, not processes, but people. And right now, if there's fear and uncertainty and stress, we could actually face more challenges. In the good times, there are high levels of disengagement. In the good times, some stats show that 72% of people are not engaged. They just show up for a paycheck. They sleepwalk through work. That's according to Gallup. 18%, one out of five people undermine their coworkers. And one out of four people are looking for a new job during the good times. Let me tell you something right now. Here's what I found out. During COVID-19, every single person, every single leader, every single client, is making a determination of where they want to go when this is all over. Some have already made that decision, but most are waiting to see when this is over. People want to know where they should go or if they should stay. And a lot of that's going to be based on the way leaders treat their people. Oh, and I know that because I coach a lot of people and I'm hearing it from them directly. Directly. Say, I'm seeing how things go. I'm not sure if I want to stay here. But here's the great thing, leaders. When surveyed, 95% of people, even those disengaged, 95% of people said that they want to be part of something special and great. Awesome. You have to share that message. Your organization, your business will be even more special and will be greater. Remember, we're going to raise that leadership bar on how we can be greater when COVID-19 is over. We're going to start it during COVID-19. We're going to continue to get better after it. Because here's the power of engaged team members. Once somebody becomes engaged, their performance goes up 20%. 
If you can get your team to do it, you could have 31% higher productivity, 37% higher sales, 300% greater creativity, and organizations can grow or achieve up to 202% greater results. At the media company, we grew 303%. I work with a restaurant right here in the Twin Cities area. The, their first year of leadership development with us, 323% growth. It was amazing. And they had all the same challenges that the rest of us did. But here's the biggest problem. Only about 1% of our training time goes to leadership. And so what I want to encourage you to do is start planting leadership seeds. And I'm going to teach you the ones to plant. And I know I don't have a lot of time, so I will, I will double time it like they say in the Marine Corps. But I'm going to give you some seeds that you can start to plant. Okay? And, and I want you to realize this. I want you to think about this you're going to start planting some seeds. You're going to change some things. How do people feel about change, for starters? Let's just talk about that. Because the world is changing around us. And the general thought on change is people hate it. People are afraid of it. And so I want to share this with you, a very powerful shift in words. See, <clears throat> one of the things I do with leaders, I teach them how to speak leadership. Because most leaders don't speak leadership. They speak their business. They speak their industry. They speak their products and services fluently. They do not speak the people side which is leadership fluently. And so we'll say, we're gonna roll out a change. Here's some change coming. All you're doing is announcing the things that they're already gonna hate. So here's what I share with my clients. When you start planting leadership seeds, when you start making your organization greater, you will change nothing. You are going to enhance everything. Never make a change, only make enhancements. So I might've had a question. So here's some things that we can do as leaders. Number one, get with your leadership team and ask them this question. What does it mean to be a leader here? In your organization, we have to define leadership. For me, I feel that to be a think great leader in our organization, we, a leader, is someone who clearly outlines a specified destination. In other words, we're going there. And we guide people by course correcting, which means it's not about perfection, it's about progress. And we adhere to our greater purpose. The reason we have a business, our purpose, our bigger picture, and we do that behind the goals necessary for success. So there's the goals again, leaders. You can take a picture of it, a snapshot of it. You can just write it down word for word. You can create your own. But whatever you do, make sure that you have a definition of leadership. Another thing that you can do is identify the leadership traits that are most important to you. And maybe you have some, a distinguishing feature, a quality, or characteristic. Right now, I would say vision is a big one. Empathy is a big one. Integrity is a big one. Unify your leaders with a shared definition of leadership and shared traits. When I was in the Marine Corps, we had 14 leadership traits. You don't even need that many. The difference is they talked about them all the time. So have the definition and have the traits. And also unify your culture. This is an important time. The workplace environment has shifted. Remember, it didn't change. We're making an enhancement here. And so what I want to encourage you to do is continue to plant leadership seeds. Because if we took a seed this size, the size of a tomato seed, and we plant it in the right environment, you can actually get this. The coastal redwood tree can grow up to 300 feet tall, be 50 feet wide, and weigh a million pounds, all starting from something so small. You see, we all want the results that look like this, but we have to be willing to plant the seed to get this. So... This is a perfect time to start assessing our culture. Will it allow us to grow something like this? To me, this is leadership. It all starts off with little seeds. It started off with little seeds in boot camp, traits and principles that they gave to us. 
And then it grew to where I now have a leadership book. I go all over the, the, the country, all over the world now, and I, can, and I can talk about leadership. I have people on our webinars for leadership and our courses from all over the globe. And I was just some 18-year-old dirtbag in boot camp. That was one of the nice words they called me. You see, we have to take a close look at our environment. There's your business right there. I took a snapshot of your, your, your business, and there it is. And there's some things that we can do right now to ensure that our culture becomes stronger. We can assess attitude. We can assess our commitment to excellence. We can rank our initiative, the initiative of our team. We can rank the outcome. Do we have an outcome and a purpose for being? We can rank being unwavering. Does our team understand our goals, our mission, our vision, our core values? Are they unwavering on this? These are things that we can do. We can rank each of these on a scale of one to 10 and start working on them. Now, as I start to bring things home, and I'm telling you, time flies when you're talking about leadership. I want you to think about this. Do you have a group or do you have a team? The best way to make it through this chaos is with a team. Now, if you've guessed on the left-hand side is the group, you're right. They're awesome dogs, good dogs. I wouldn't call, uh, I wouldn't call the Humane Society on them, but they're a group of dogs, and they function as a group. If you threw one meaty bone in the middle of them, they may turn on each other. They may fight. There may be chaos. If you want to go somewhere, you need a team. And you have to assess where you are, whether you're a group or a team, and we have to identify the difference between these two. When people perform like a group, they tend to act as individuals. They're only thinking about themselves. They focus on their personal objectives, and they perform very much in the moment. And this moment right now is COVID-19, the stress, the frustration, the uncertainty. But a team is different. A team, they act as a cohesive unit. They look out for each other. They focus on common objectives. Leaders set goals that they can help you with, and they perform for the future. They look into the future because they have leaders that share vision. They know where they're going. It doesn't make the current chaos any easier. It allows us to get through it together. And I'll tell you where I really felt the very first time I was part of a team. But it wasn't on the first night. It was the day we showed up in boot camp. It was about midnight. And we had already been chewed out for about 15 minutes. And as we were kneeling there, listening to them yelling and berating us, I had one thought on my mind. What did I do? I was thinking like a group member. I did not care about the guy to my left or the guy to my right, the guy in front of me, the guy behind me. But within 90 days with the focus of our leaders going through that fog of war, the chaos, the uncertainty, the fear, the stress of boot camp, they transformed us into a team, a cohesive unit, focused on common objectives, performing for the future, always trying to get better, to get greater. There's a huge difference. Now, let me just say something right now. I'm sure each of you on here believe that you can empower your teams, and I'm pulling it all, all home right now. Um, there was a study done of 19,000 employees. Now, I don't call them employees. I call them team members, but they call them employees. 19,000 employees from different companies. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution asked a simple question. Why do you stay at your job? There was thousands of different answers given. But 71% of the people had the same number one answer. And that number one answer was either number two or three for the other 29%. Here's what they said. I stay because I feel appreciated. Woo! Hey, leaders, 
every single one of us right now can share appreciation. We can show it to our team. And you know what the cost is? Zero. It doesn't cost us anything. We can tell people how much we appreciate them. But let me ask you this. We know the cost is zero. And this already starts empowerment. But what's the return? In my opinion, the return is priceless. You see, we have to speak their language. We may have people on our team that are putting in an amazing effort. We also may have people on our team who are afraid or uncertain or stressed right now. Appreciation goes a long way. Appreciation is a feeling. Leaders, it doesn't matter what industry we're in. As leaders, we are all in the people business. Thanks for listening. For more franchising resources, including how-to articles, expert advice, franchisee success stories, and franchise opportunities, 